So guys, we are going to start our discussion now about Jill Vicente, the most entertaining, the really the breakthrough, breakthrough team of this season. I would definitely say the uh, what what Passos de Ferreira were last season, uh, what uh, Rio Ave were in 2019-20, you know, what so many teams have been in Portugal before having their squads ripped apart and eventually actually suffering relegation. Santa Clara did look um, like they could have suffered that fate, but eventually got out of trouble. But let's let's not take for granted what we are seeing from this drill side because uh, it could suffer a very similar fate and uh, we need to cherish the last few games that uh, this drill side have under Ricardo Suarez. Um, you asked, one of the first thing you asked us, Zach, was if we have any biases and I, and I attempted to say no. I'm now going to illustrate the complete inverse of that by saying for Braga, I only had two names. For Gilles Vicente, I've got five names on my list. <laughs> so, yeah, I really went to town on these Gilles Vicente names. I think there's a couple that we're probably all going to have and then it might get a bit debatable with a few. So I think we should obviously start off with uh, the talisman of the team, really, and, and the star player, Samuel Lino. Um, what, a, what an incredible talent. Um, such a young man as well. And, and to take such responsibility on his shoulders for this team in terms of goal scoring, just in terms of his his identity in that team, you know, in a, in a way, I think, like I said, he really is the talisman of that team and and he's performed his role so well this season. Uh, I have to credit Barney with bringing my attention to, to Samuel Lino really, really early. I think last season, uh, Barney was telling me to keep an eye on this guy because of how good he was and, and he's really, really, really grown as a player since then. When you look at him, you look at a player who could really, really be the complete player because he's got skill, he's got a great touch, he's got speed, but he's also got athleticism. He's got a really strong physique. Um, he's a good finisher. He's he's equally adept running at defenders or, you know, we've even seen him play up front for Gilles Vicente and, he, and he's proved that he's a great goal scorer. So, you know, I don't want to go overboard, but I'm just so excited by... Um, so excited by uh, um, Samuelino and 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 what he could achieve in the future. I think it's it's going to be so exciting to to follow his story at the end of the season and beyond. I think what I what you touched on there, what I saw from him, because this was the first season we started watching the the league properly was last season. That's when we started this podcast, and uh, the, you know that that was the the first ever game I watched of Gil Vicente. I saw him, you know, as twenty year as a twenty year old, just. I couldn't describe it apart from magic. It, it, you just had a, just had something about him, and I think um, the thing I've always said uh, uh, that well, I just love seeing him do is I just feel like he takes a shot that little bit earlier than you expect him to. You know, he he will, he will expect him to get closer to goal or, or take a touch into it for a better angle, but he won't. He'll he'll, he'll take it there and then, and I I think that's what's the thing I love about watching him. Um, but then you've also got to add this element of what Ricardo Suarez has done with him in terms of taking him and really made him a left winger this season. And then, you know, there's been games where he's worked so hard defensively, but, but also been able to just drive forward from that left left hand side and get them up the pitch. Um, and that's, you know, I, I've absolutely loved this guy. I'm so happy I got the shirt when I did, because um, <laughs> I'm hoping that will be uh, quite quite a rare uh, thing to have in a few years' time when he's playing for uh, Atletico and, <laughs> and tearing it up in the Champions League. Yeah, I've gone with Samuel Lino as well as his uh, 
as well as his partner in crime in attack in Fran Navarro. Yeah, I've got him. Absolutely. How can you not? You know, 13 goals this season. Um, it's it's a great number. I think it's, this season we've done quite well for, for strikers outside the big three, putting up decent numbers. I don't think that's something we see every season in the Primera Liga, but I think we've got Fran Navarro, Simon Banza. Um, yeah, I think there's been a few players outside the top the top three who've, who've got good goals. Even a stupid answer, I think, on, on 12, I think. So, yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. I, his goal scoring recently hasn't been quite as prolific as it was at the start of the season. But, I mean, you know, the guy really came from nowhere. So you can hardly, um, you can hardly criticise him for that. I think that partnership, as you say, with Samuelino, those two up front, when you've got something like 25 goals between them, how valuable is that to, to Gio Vicente, a club who really started the season with mid-table ambitions and to have two star players like that scoring in the way that they have, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's been phenomenal to watch. Because he came from a Valencia's B team, didn't he? And I think he had, he was in fairly good goal-scoring form last season for Valencia B, but the only other time he's had away from them was a, a loan move to Belgium when he was 22. And I think he scored twice in, in 14 games, you know, and, and you compare it to this season, 13 and 25, like it, it just, it's just, it just seems to be a great fit for him, doesn't it? You know, maybe perhaps it's, you know, the fact Portugal's run it towards the Spain or, you know, the, the coming into a team and feeling confident that you're the number one striker, maybe, maybe that's it. And it just, it just works so well. Um, and um, yeah, I, 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 it's just, we saw it with Mario Gonzalez yesterday, you know, sort of a, a Spanish striker coming coming in and having success at a smaller team. But I think with Navarro, the fact he's that bit younger, the fact that he seems to have a really, I don't know, there's something about his physicality and and, and presence in that front line for Gil Vicente that, uh, that, that stands out for me. You know, he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a tough cookie and, um, for someone with sort of little to little, like, you know, senior um, experience. Yeah, absolutely. One name that I think we'll all be in agreement with is Pedrinho, who is the reigning player of the month in Portugal. And really the, uh, I guess, not unsung anymore, but really the uh, really the cog in midfield that keeps everything, that keeps everything ticking. Um, so important. Recently renewed his contract to 2025. So, Whereas I do think uh, Jill Vicente will end up losing Samuel Lino. Uh, there's been rumors of Atletico Madrid, um, as well as Zay Carlos on loan from Braga. Um, they will be keeping Pedrinho for the foreseeable future. So that is great. Um, have you guys gone for Pedrinho? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, just one other thing to illustrate how good he's been. Not that this is really a metric that you can use to analyse a player, but how many man of the match awards has this guy won this season? I feel like every every week on Twitter I go through and I see a new picture that Gil Vicente posted of this guy holding the man of the match award. So you know when you describe him as that cog in in midfield for for Gil Vicente, I think that's a really really apt description because you know he's got ten. I think he's got quite a high number of assists this season. I believe ten. Um, so those are obviously great numbers, but equally he he just as you described, the, the person at field who makes things happen for Gilles Vicente, keeps things flowing, moves things forward. And um, yeah, really, really lovely player. Barney's a big fan as well, I know. I'm a big fan. And I think, um, you know, we're talking about, I, 
I wanted to also talk about his midfield partner, Fujimoto, as well. The fact that I think with all these players we're talking about, is that they're just in the right place at the right time, aren't they, this season? Everything just seems to have come together. Pedrino, you know, the thing I always always say about him when I first started watching him was that, you know, this guy just come from Latvia and then here he was, like, tearing it up, you know, in in the the Portuguese league. Like, I know he's had time uh, periods at at Hasta Fer as well, but, you know, and no disrespect to Latvia, but to come from the Latvian league and then suddenly be one of the best midfielders in in, in Portugal is is just shows something that's that's happening here. And I, I I, I assuming you two both included Fujimoto as well because you know what what he offers differently to Pedrinho is I think I, I just think it's been one of the best things to have happened this season was Ricardo Suarez taking Fujimoto who was a, a winger for them last season you know he played on the right played on the left but didn't really contribute in any way you know I think he played uh, one full 90 minutes last season and then suddenly bang he, he becomes this incredible sense center mid and what we've seen from Fujimoto is an evolution of his skill set as the season progressed because he always had the stamina right so he can get forward and back and always be a an extra man in a sense midfield and then around winter time I noticed that I noticed his ability to find space right he can he can also make space for others with the way he runs into the box but but find dangerous positions in and around that and then the thing that I've seen from him develop in the last month or two has been his passing. I mean, he is passing like Kevin De Bruyne. You know, the, mm. think about that Braga game. There was just a couple of balls that just went right through that defence. And I, I don't know, that's the, I, I I just love that story of his, the fact that he was a winger. He's been moulded into this midfielder and he's he's learning new attributes as the season has progressed. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I have gone with both Pedrinho and Fujimoto. Um, I'm curious, have you guys gone with Zé Carlos? I did go for Zé Carlos, yes. Um, and I think, like I said before, about trying to include a few different positions, when you look at, at right back in this league at the moment, um, it's quite hard to, to to pick out many right backs that have performed better than Zé Carlos this season. I think it's quite interesting as well to look at to look at Braga, who obviously, as Gaio was such a, as a, um, a stalwart, for them last season, he played so many minutes at right wing back, then they lost him. And you kind of think, well, how did they reprise him? They got Jan Kuta on loan. And you have to forgive me, I forget the name of their other right wing back who wears the number 70 shirt. Um, Fabiano. Fabiano, yeah. he He's kind of played, they've almost played 50-50 in terms of minutes. And they've both been good, don't get me wrong. I think they're, they're both good players, but they've, they've hardly settled on someone. And then to see Zay Carlos, who they've sent out on loan to Gilles Vicent, just performed so well. You wonder whether they made the right decision there, but he he's been phenomenal. Um, as many many Juventus players have been, they, it's just a team. It's a team full of stars. The one name that I really wanted to put on my list, but I, I didn't quite in the end was the goalkeeper. Yet forgive me, I'm going to butcher however you're meant to pronounce his name. I think Shiga Frelli, um, incredible goalkeeper. Um, and again, goalkeeper is a position that I haven't got too many representatives of, so I really wanted to get him in, but. Um, yeah, in the end, I, I limited it to just Zé Carlos. But yeah, so many good players that we could have chosen from from Vicente. I feel like Vicente could be our, could have been our longest section of the show, really. Last season, you know, the the two obvious best fullbacks in the league were Pedro Porro and Nuno Mendes at Ruben Amorim Sporting. This season, it 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 definitely has been a lot more uh, up for debate. 
Uh, I'm curious, is Zay Carlos the best fullback in Portugal this season for you two? Wow. Easy I mean, questions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's an interesting one. I think uh, he, he's been so consistent, right? And I, I think that, that that's that's like that, that's that's the best thing I have I can say about him. Uh, but for some reason in my head, I I can't see him playing. I know it doesn't matter, but I can't see him playing as a, a wing back and a back five, which which I, I see Braga doing a lot. And I I don't know why in my head that's that's a, a negative. I, I, but but, but I, I think that's perhaps a silly point because this guy, you know, is it's it's both ends of the pitch, isn't it? That, it, that he's so so good at, you know, defensively is so sound, and then you know he can he can he can be that uh, creative player on the right for them as well. And yeah, uh, uh, he's a, he's a hell of a player. And I'm I'm he's probably the player in this league I'm most interested to see his next move, whether that is going back to Braga or if that is going to uh, one of the big three. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, just to, just to comment on that, I think in terms of right backs, I think if, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Pedro Porro is a better footballer than Zay Carlos, but if you can say he's been the best right back again, we've just had that discussion about minutes and injuries, et cetera. So I think there's a debate there. Um, other than that, I don't think there's been a better right back in the league at all. And if you want to extend it to fullbacks, well, Grimaldo for me would be the only one that you could compare to in terms of contributions to the team. But even that, they're very different types of players, you know, so that's quite a difficult one. I mean, regardless of whether he's the best or in the top three or top five, he's had an incredible season. And, you know, just to repeat what I said before, like so many players in Gilbert Centre, he's had a, a revelatory season and, and performed at a level that I don't think uh, many people predicted. Yeah, I am not going to go with uh, Threlli for those reasons, kind of missing out on some minutes lately, hmm. but he has been very good in goal. Uh, but I, I definitely considered some other players in defense, such as Ruben Fernandes uh, and Talosha. But yeah, no. And I, I also put Fujimoto as well. Any last words on Gil Vicente? Just, I just had found one statistic, which, yeah, because I, I hadn't really focused on the defense much all season until recently. And I think uh, just for that, Lucas Cunha and uh, Fernandes at the back have played every minute of every game for them. And, uh, you know, and that, that that's a. Uh, I think that's so. Like as a centre back partnership goes, they have been absolutely, you know, out out of this world. And both names that I would at the beginning of the season I would never have looked at and even given a second thought about. They, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the sixth place team in the Primera Liga, we have Vitoria de Guimarães. Any players you want to mention from Vitoria? Yeah, I do have one uh, player that I just mentioned briefly earlier. I did go for Ostupinian. Interesting, me and Zach were messaging on Twitter kind of in the run-up to the show about what players we might include. And at one point, I was kind of feeling like I didn't want to include him, but the reason I, I had to in the end was purely because of the amount of goals he scored. He scored 12 goals, which I think is a very respectable return. Sometimes I feel like I'm frustrated with Ostupinian because he can he can miss an easy chance. Um you know, he, he definitely could have scored a lot more goals than he has. But then I think we also need to give credit to players for what for what they have done, as well as criticizing for what they haven't done. So for me, twelve goals, um, yeah, you know, twelve goals is a is a very respectable return, and and for me, it does enough. I think I would put him at the lower end of my twenty five, but he he does get in, and equally, he didn't get into my team. But from uh, Victoria, I have been a big fan of Rashinha. 
and I have praised him. Long-term listeners of our show will know that I've praised him pretty regularly whenever we talk about Vittoria because I think Vittoria had an awful lot of, a lot of problems this season. They've had a lot of inconsistencies, but I think Rashinha, who's taken on the captain's armband as well, has been has, has been a real leader, which is something I didn't expect from him. You know, usually associate captaincy and leadership with defenders, midfielders, but to have a creative winger, uh, an attacking outlet who's been so reliable. Um, but yeah, Rashinha didn't quite get in, but so I just gave it the nod to to a stupid number. Yeah, absolutely. I, did, I am also going to include. Oscar Stupinian, player who, despite some big misses and despite some inconsistent form, has really been able to uh, become the focal point of Pepa's Vitoria side. You saw that, def- if you haven't yet, definitely check out his fantastic goal against Sporting the weekend prior. Really phenomenal golazo. I was just going to say, I've got a feeling uh, with Vitoria that I think come the end of the season, if we were to look at this 25 list, there might be one or two players getting into I feel like they're about to hit a, a really good bit of form. Um, I, I, I started, I wrote my list before the weekend. So like Albert, when a stupid got that guy, I was like, yeah, this guy's got to make it for his contribution. I think he, he'll get a few more. I, I concur with that. I can definitely see Vitoria. And we've seen that actually in recent weeks after a pretty terrible uh, February, you know, getting some impressive wins. Um, I can definitely see them hitting a a hot streak in the final weeks of the season. I mean, one one quick. I mean, I I don't understand why it's taken Pepper so long. I think he's obviously been had a lot to work out with with this squad. But um, I think Andre Almeida for me in, in their midfield, I, I I've got real high hopes for him that he he can be the the, the catalyst for this Victoria resurgence. So um, yeah, I've always been, we've both been, both been out been fans of him, but he has just had been. No, given like nowhere near enough chances this season on the pepper, but we're starting to see him get that spot in midfield. Um, but I had no other players for Victoria um, in, in my top 25. I did have, um, I had one player from Estoril, uh, although I, I I was, this was another team where I thought there could potentially be um, more players, but um, the, the obvious one that I'm sure we've all got is Andre Franco um, uh, for, for Estoril prior. Uh just uh, I, 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 I mean, you know, we um, we spoke to um, our friend uh, Z from a specialist to Segunda, a great account on a Portuguese account on Twitter who, who do a lot of stuff on the on the second tier of Portugal at the beginning of the season, and uh, he was saying, you know, then keep an eye out on this guy for for Arrestro. He 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 did great things in in the second tier of Portuguese football, and he's come up and he's he's absolutely delivered and. You know, such a good, an interesting story. You know, he was uh, released by Sporting's on the twenty three team. Um, you know, all, all statistics on the transfer market show that he sort of essentially had a year out where he was sort of deciding uh, whether to ban the career football. But Estrel took him on to their under twenty three team, and and he hasn't looked back since then. He's just a, a number ten who, you know, has got so much stamina and aggression because he, you know, he will defight, uh, he will fight and defend if I was playing in that number 10 role. That's what I really like about him. And then his goal contribution for Estoril has been, you know, invaluable for them and, and like a real key to their success. Yeah, I haven't got much to add. I think that was a really good good summary of him. I think, as you said, just to to take on the goal scoring uh, burden for your team, really, he is the club's top scorer. As a midfielder, I think he's very impressive and he's done it fantastically well. Obviously, you know, it's well documented at this point how Estoril's season kind of hasn't been what we thought it might be halfway through the season. They've, they've kind of dropped off a little bit. 
So maybe he would have been even more of a star if, if that form had continued. But uh, nonetheless, incredible contributions from him as an individual. Yeah, I have also included Andre Franco in my top 25, getting uh, another one in the score sheet against Benfica at the weekend. And the player who, you know, after the likes of Chiquinho and Toti Gomes uh, could be set for a big move soon. Definitely one to keep an eye out for, especially for Wolves, I think. Moving on, we have eighth place and ninth place. Uh, Marichimo and Passos de Ferreira. Two teams who I think just a few months ago were just hoping that they weren't uh, in the relegation zone. Well, I have to say, Zach, I haven't gone for any of their players. But if we were picking managers, I think you could argue that both of their managers would be in a, you know, at least a top 10 of the season. Vasco Siabra, anyone who's listened to me and Barney's show before will be sick of me talking about how much I love Vasco Siabra. I rate him very highly as a manager and the way he's turned Maritima around and got them playing respectable football, football that the team can be proud of and the fans can be proud of is is incredible. And Cesar Prosciotto, you know, I need to give a shout out to one of a good friend of me and Barney's, uh, Jamie Farr, who does an excellent column every week on Portugal. Uh, Cesar Prosciotto is his figure of the week. Um, and I think he's been doing a very understated job at, at Paso de Ferreira, the way he's improved the squad. Four wins in five games for them. Very respectable, but no individual player for me stood out from those two enough really to include them. I've, I've got a conclusion as well. I At the bottom of my list, I had some honourable mentions and there's a couple of mm. players from uh, from these teams. I, um, I think uh, Jolta Gu has been a player from Marisa that I've always liked. He's, he's had a bad injury that's kept off. Um, out for most of the season but I think his goal scoring has always been so important to them um, uh, but the, the, there were there were um, two passes to Ferreira players did make my list and that was uh, Andre Ferreira and Antunes um, and and Andre Ferreira for me um, uh, we Albert and I went to see passes play Spurs in, at the Spurs Stadium in the Europa Conference League uh, uh, qualification rounds and um on that game, I hated it. I thought it was rubbish. I thought it was, it was his distribution was poor. You know, he just never kept the possession for passes to Ferrer. And then, and I just wrote him off from that moment. And then, what we've seen is this incredible shot stopper just come onto the scene and and just be a an amazing figure in goal. And, and that really took me by surprise. And then Antunes, I mean, you know, two goals and six assists for the season at the age of 34. You know, I, I think with Passos de Ferreira, it's interesting because last season they had the Rebschuk who, you know, they sold to Olympiacos and then they brought back uh, Robocho on loan from um, Gugnac in France. And I thought they might try and get him again this season because he re- he really impressed. And the fact that they were able to get Antunes on a free and, um, you know, he started every game but one this season. He's played 2,523 minutes as a 34-year-old. And I think he's the, you know, he's just, I think he's been so 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 important for Pastor de Ferreira and, and a real leader as well. I've already put uh, Diogo Costa, but a few other goalkeepers who just missed the cut are uh, Ziga, Ziga Freli on Gil Vicente, um, who's done a fantastic job in goal, as well as Andre Ferreira on Passos de Ferreira and Samuel Portugal on Portimonete. Uh, three very underrated goalkeepers. And, mm. you know, Ferreira is uh, definitely a player who I think could get a big move this soon, but just misses out. Uh, any other players, these two? 
no, not for me. I, 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 I just, I like Albert was saying. I think the managers have done a great job, and 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 there just hasn't been a, a, as many standout individuals in these two teams for me. Absolutely. Any standouts from Santa Clara? I think there is one that we probably all considered. I don't know if we all went for him, but Lincoln for me did make it in. Um, I'm sure we all considered it at the very least. Uh, I really liked Lincoln this season, and I really liked the fact that. Uh, in a season where Santa Clara had a lot of a lot of issues, let's be honest, they lost key players, they lost their manager. Um, he kind of transformed himself from a bit part player to a real key player for 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 Santa Clara. He's been their main main creative outlet. Um, he's he's you know popped up with goals, he's popped up with assists. Um, again, I think Santa Clara, another one who kind of had a weird trajectory this season. Obviously, they started very badly, then went up, they had a great run of form, got themselves back up the table. And I think recently they've been a little bit more, uh, a little bit more average, but Lincoln uh, at every stage of the season, no matter what their form was really, I think has been, been a key player for them. Yeah. I think the thing with Lincoln is his goal contribution, right? Like last season, he got one goal. The season before that, he got one goal and this goal, this season he's got, he's got four as well as his six assists. So, you know, at 23 years old, this is a, Perhaps early in the season, I thought this was going to be his season. I'm hoping to see a little bit more from him in the last few games. But um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player for Santa Clara. Yeah, I am also going to go with Lincoln. I considered some others such as Rafael Ramos and Hida Masa Morita and Crisan. But ultimately, Lincoln has just been uh, so important in improving to fill you know, the departure of Carlos Jr., uh, who mm-hmm. left at the start of the season, Santa Clara's all-time leading goal scorer, uh, really been so crucial uh, over since the start of 2022, um, I would say. Um, but yeah, definitely a player who not only could be set for a big move, but I also think is one of the most exciting uh, players to watch right now in the Primera. Any players on Portimonense? Not for me. And this was a tough one because, again, listeners to our podcast will know that me and Barney got a big soft spot for Portman ends. We were really rooting for them first half of the season. Sadly, the season's kind of petered out and things don't look great for them at the moment. Obviously, they won't get relegated, but the European dream is over. If you'd asked me this question uh, halfway through the season, Zach, I think there would have been a number of names that, that I would have put forward. Fali Kande would have been one. Of course, but obviously he's gone. And and William, the centre back, who I thought was a really, really good, really underrated centre back. Um, but again, just because I think the form's not been great, they they've been conceding a lot of goals recently. I, I think I can't really include him. And you mentioned the goalkeeper, Samuel Portugal. For me, will always be one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Um, but again, I just couldn't include him uh, based on the club's recent form and, and and not really standing out enough recently. Um. I sort of wrote mine in a in a sort of numbered order, and Pedraus stuck in at number twenty five for me on, on my list. And I think because Portimonense have like they they have one of the better defensive records of uh, they had one. Sorry, they had one of the better defensive records of one of the of the bottom half teams last season, and, and they're set to do the same this season. You know, they um, they only conceded forty one goals last season, and and this point, and they've conceded thirty currently with uh, seven. Uh, eight games left to play. Sorry, so they're, they're feasibly going to beat that record, and and uh, and Pedro's been that player to come in, right? And I think he's just made the defense even better. You know, as soon as he got into this team, he hasn't come out. He's only missed three games 
through a yellow card uh, suspension and he's currently got a fine uh, fine injury and interestingly if you in all those three games he was absent for Portsmouth they, they've lost them lost the game rather than when rather than draw which they've been drawing a lot recently um, and that was against Estor Tondela and Benfica and and the other thing you know with Pedro and, and I've just mentioned Benfica there is that is that performance at the study of the lose earlier in the season where they got that win and that and how good that, that Portsmouth's defence was um so yeah, Pedro gets in there for me because I think he's just he he stood out in that Portsmouth's defense. Yeah, Pedro definitely a very promising young Brazilian defender. Uh, previously at Palmeiras, definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, I am not going to include him, but I am going to go with Simon Banza from Famalicão. Anyone else? Yeah, he makes it. Makes it for me. It's just, I mean, like what I what I love, right, is the fact that it, a player from France, a twenty five year old striker who's never really been given a chance for Arsenal, uh, Lons, you know, he's played a little bit for them, just can just come into Portugal and 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 dominate it as a as a as a striker as he has done in not all games but most games this this season, um, and because I feel like he just. He, he suits this league, right? He's, he's big but pacey, getting to the right places. And now that um, Texera is in the team as well, I expect him to get a, a lot more goals. Um, and, you know, um, so yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's, you know, and the importance to Family Cow is just uh, is glaringly obvious. I know you're a big fan of his, Zach. Um, I do like him as well. Um, I only have one minor criticism with Simon Bands, which is that I feel like I'd just like to see him score like three goals in four games, right? It seems like at the moment he tends to score a hat-trick and then not score for five games and then score another hat-trick. Um, no, but regardless, he, he's got a phenomenal goal tally this season. He scored some great goals as well. You know, these have not all been tappings. He's scored some great finishes. Um, and he's another go- he's another striker that I like. He seems to have that physical profile where you feel like he could grow into a very, very, very complete striker. Anyone else from Famalico? No, I had no one else in Family Car, but I did have a, another Frenchman in um, uh, Yanis Hamash from Bervista. Um, uh, I just, you know, it was it was only last week I realized he was twenty two years old. I thought he was much older, um, but like he's just been, uh, you know, the, the the goals and assists he's contributed to Bervista have been absolutely vital. You know, four goals, two assists, and the way he he gets up the pitch and and finds himself in really good attacking positions and you know and goal scoring opportunities is what's you know what's really stood out for me um i just yeah i i is he's just one of these players that I, I love watching him play he, he, i love watching him play he didn't quite make my list but he he did give me a great memory the last time i was in portugal i went to the, the porto derby in, in the dragao and he scored a real real world class goal it was uh, outside of the box, about 25 yards out. Phenomenal finish. Um, they still lost the game 4-1, but it was, it was a great goal. And didn't quite make my list, but yeah, a player I'm a big fan of as well. Yeah. Did you guys have any more players from Bovista? I had two. I'm going with Petar Musa and Gustavo Sauer. Um, two players who've been very important for Boavista's attack and in general their uh, renewed form under Petit. Um, Petar Musa joining on loan from Slavia Prague and really filling the gap following Albert Ellis's 
departure to Bordeaux, becoming the team's talisman, and linking up with Gustavo Sauer, a player who, uh, uh, really a, another one of those Brazilian late bloomers who has been so influential in the team's attack. I would say that um, Sauer's filled in the hole that Angel Gomez has left because I felt like when uh, Angel Gomez was in the team last season, it forced Gustavo Sauer to play a slightly deeper role, but obviously um, Gail Makuta's come in now and that's meant Sauer can play very much part of that front line, which is, um, yeah, I mean, it's just this guy can hit the ball as well, right? Some of his finishes are, are, are so good. And Peter Musa, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Zach, because I, I was generally surprised Boa Vista were able to get a player like him. I definitely heard about him when he was at Slavia Prague as being a, a, a real exciting young striker. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep... Uh, I don't think they... I can't imagine getting the money right to be able to make take him on a permanent, but um, it was a real coup for me to, for them to get uh, a stroke of his quality in absolutely yeah i i think that what will happen is they will end up signing him for cheap um but and and then selling them selling him in the summer but their president has also come out and said that there are some unpaid uh mm. and stuff, so we'll see what happens with that any players from the rest of the bottom six you want to go over well, I feel like we we must be getting down to our last one or two names each. Right? Yeah, I know I've I know I've got my last name, so I'm happy to give my last name. It was a a player that I was really pleased to include in the list, and I and I'm delighted I found a spot for him. Kiko Bondozo from uh, Vizela, a player that I knew literally nothing about at the beginning of the season. It was completely new to me, um, and he's impressed me so much, so many times. Um, that I've watched him. I recommend anyone because I know not everybody watches Vizela play regularly. So if you ever find yourself watching a game involving Vizela, keep an eye out on him. Um, he's got six assists this season. Uh, very respectable, especially for a club, you know, at the lower end of, of the table for a player like him to stand out. is quite impressive. Uh, he's got 77% pass accuracy for the season as a whole. Again, very, very impressive. I won't go on too long. Uh, about him but he, he's a fantastic player he just nicked the last spot on my list uh, and I was very very happy to give it to him I had a, another Vizella player I had Cassiano uh, uh, the, the, the 32 year old Brazilian striker because I think for a promoted team to have a, a spearhead like him uh, you know uh, it's it's just vitally important and um, seven goals in 19 games is, is, a, is a really good tally and I think similar to what I was saying you know People need to watch Vizela play because um, you know they're seventh in the league in terms of xG. They they play great football. They create chances, and um, so I, I, he's been the player for Vizela that I've I've really enjoy, enjoyed watching. Absolutely, been a real pleasure to watch this Vizela side operate under Alvaro Pacheco. I am not going with any player from Vizela or the rest of the bottom six, but it was an absolute pleasure to have you two gentlemen on, and uh, definitely not for the last time. Um, just any last thoughts? It was a lot of fun doing this list. As as always with any list like this, there's so many names that that we wanted to include that got missed out. But um, I think it's just been really great to to just reflect on what a phenomenal breadth of talent we have in this league. You know, that's why that's why me and Barney do our show. That's why we know Zach that you love doing this podcast. It's it's such a great league to watch. There's so many underrated talents, and yeah, it's been a great chat. Yeah, it's been great, man. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having us on. Definitely make sure to follow Long Ball Football on uh, social media as well as uh, podcast radio. I think you guys are on Spotify and Apple, right? Yeah, exactly. 
once again, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and uh, get set for a jam-packed April of Cortalinius.